Hello, and you're listening to Take Me Back to My Virtual Reality. I actually almost forgot the name of the podcast then. I just... (laughs) (laughs) I said it out loud and I was like, is that right? Doesn't sound right. We're going to be doing this for like seven episodes now. (laughs) I'm just going to keep that in, whatever. Yep. It's time to trooper transform and cross the reality border as we immerse ourselves in the world of VR troopers. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm joined by the other one who's a host. Hi, I'm Rob, and I forgot to pick up a quote from the episode uh, to, 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 <laughs> to joke about now. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, Jeb's in the lead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, That'll do. do. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? That's a better one, maybe. Who knows? Um, so, hi, Mark. Hi. Hi. Um, so, for this episode, I wanted to talk about uh, the last main actor on the show sarah brown aka sarah joy brown she seems to go by both doesn't seem to be a union thing i so i'm not sure what the delineation is but uh anyway she's quite a big actress uh one of the few i guess people that went from a vr troopers or a power rangers show and then end up doing other big stuff including mm. a large portion of the cast of uh, power rangers rpm somehow anyway yeah so sarah brown was born on the 18th of february in 1975 that's two days before my birthday well and 12 years um <laughs> she was uh 19 when she was in vr troopers and it's kind of her first major role uh she was at like um the los angeles kind of high school performing arts or something like that so a nice prestigious high school sorry los angeles county high school for the arts even better um but uh it was there that uh one of her best friends who was a power ranger uh and i can't find out whom she's talking about because uh i like i like the mystery there yeah i mean best, it could best friend who was a power ranger i mean there could be three and as far as i could tell and i can't find out if either of those three went to this high school or the college she went to so fair enough um <laughs> yeah but anyway her best friend who um was, was a power ranger told her to kind of set a headshot and all that stuff to the producers of power rangers because you know i guess, I guess that she thought it was a a good show to get on or an easy show to get on uh mm. and she got the part as caitlin star in uh, the kind of the pilot for vr troopers uh which was cybertron or something i can't remember which one that was called and she was caitlin something else for that first episode but became caitlin star in the full vr troopers uh i couldn't find any records of her doing any kind of martial arts or gym gymnastics or anything but mm. she's very athletic um and uh I guess as that uh, profile we read a few episodes ago was saying she can keep up with the boys or whatever. <laughs> oh, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after VR Troopers ended, uh, she had a small role in Power Rangers Zeo as a love interest. Uh, maybe rival, love in- love rival for Tommy? I don't know him and Kat's uh, relationship was at that, this point mm. in the show. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, but it was a three-parter called No Business Like Snow Business, which I guess they fought a snow monster. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I believe this was part of a thing where all the VR Troopers actors were going to either have big parts or just some parts in Power Rangers or whatever, which didn't include right. Michael Hollander slash Michael Bacon in the end. So, uh, yeah. Oh. But very soon after that, she ended up doing kind of lots of work in TV and films. And she uh, started in 1996 on General Hospital, which is one of the big American soap operas. I think it's been going since the 60s, maybe. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I think she she sorry, no, I don't think I know she played uh, a character called Carly Colinthos, which she played for several years, and uh, she won. Oof, what did she win? She won some de- daytime en- Emmys for it, which is cool. So she left in, uh, I believe it says nineteen ninety nine or two thousand and one or something like that. No, two thousand and one. Mm. There we go. And she did more guest starring on TV shows. She appears in one hundred nine episodes of As the World Turns from two thousand four to two thousand five. That seems like a lot of episodes for, like, <laughs> was that like yeah. a daily show? I guess it's soap opera, maybe, perhaps. So, um, yeah, it's uh, many times, many times a week. <laughs> she was on Cold Case for a while, apparently, uh, and she was in Big Mama's House too, which I've not seen. I saw the first one and decided it wasn't really for me, and did not watch anymore. <laughs> so she got came back to General Hospital playing a different character in two thousand and eight. Um, uh, but she only left uh, at the end of the next year, 2009. Uh, she did more starring roles. And then she joined Days of Our Lives, which is another big 
uh, soap in America, uh, although it was only a short run from October 4th, 2011 to April 2012. She apparently left with many other cast members. Mm. Uh, she has been on many other shows, including something uh, a soap opera web series called Beacon Hill. She's currently starring in a TV show called Studio City, which is actually like Studio City is a place in LA <laughs> called Studio <laughs> City. Like there, there are weird names for towns and stuff in uh, <laughs> in the, the Los Angeles area, but uh, yeah. apparently it's quite good. I've not heard of it myself, but uh, yeah, that's what she's working on right now. So that's kind of her more public life. So this is unfortunately the part where we have to be a bit of a downer. Um, so I was looking up. Um, as I've done before, kind of any interview she may have done about VR Troopers, uh, even though she's a kind of a big Hollywood actress, uh, and it kind of turns out the reason she's not really talked about it or been any kind of done any of the conventions is because of her experience, uh, kind of on set uh, with Shuki Levy, who is the kind of director of the first episode and director of a few of the last season's episodes. Uh, he did a lot of music with Haim Saban for '80s cartoons. And is a general producer and director for other Saban stuff like Power Rangers and what have you. Mm. So he was very inappropriate to her um, when she started. Uh, she talks about kind of coming down the steps from the, the bathroom and he's at the bottom, kind of gives her a weird leering glare and is like, you're going to be a star in what sounds like the most kind of gross, cliche Hollywood thing ever. Yeah, oh, it really does. Mm. Wow. Mm. Um, and she clocks this and is like, "Yeah, I better be careful around him." So, uh, which is unfortunately a thing that women have to do to this day. Um, but nothing really happened until towards the end of the second season. She was arrested for drunk driving, and her Power Ranger friend bailed her out. But apparently, she had told Tricky Levy in the process um, mm. when she turned up to work uh, or the set, um, you know, a few days afterwards or whatever. He was apparently there, and he hadn't really been there much so she thought it was weird but because her friend had told Shuki um, she decided to kind of talk to him about it and he invited her to dinner to discuss it and the future of the company uh, I guess in a way of like oh you know you've done something that's kind of bad so oh should be working for children's entertainment or something yeah but it seems like it wasn't for that because uh, he drove her back to his house and when she went to say goodbye he kind of put his tongue in her mouth uh, and she was 20 and he's nearly 50 and she didn't know the time but he was married although she mm. did know that he had a, a fiance so he I mean, and like yes he had a fiance and he was married like his I guess second mistress or whatever yeah uh, her Power Ranger friend kind of told her that she'd also had similar problems with Shuki um, but uh, you know she's very young and relationships with abusers can be extremely complicated which is why they started kind of dating and living together and got engaged and she actually uh, has you know she had a daughter with him and all of that is kind of part of the reason that uh, she kind of hates him a bit and uh, what he did to her because you, mm. they were they were trying to do some kind of a deal with the uh, screen actors guild to allow the zaban productions to remain non-union which I didn't realize it was like a special deal they had to be non-union. So uh, did a bit of a kind of corruption there, I guess. Um, yeah. And they kind of sent her out of the country to film a movie. But like all she did was like have a non-speaking role where she got shot in the stomach while she was pregnant. Um, you know, not real shot, obviously, like, you know, movie prop or whatever. Uh, yeah. And then had to fall on her stomach. No, but then she had to fall on her stomach or whatever while she was pregnant. So yeah. she wasn't happy about oh, that. Oh, God. Mm. Um, and she... Uh, kind of broke up with him in it after a big row and uh was living in an apartment that he owned uh, and she told him that um you know oh i'm going to tell the world what you're like and he said um you know oh if you do that i cannot be held responsible for what might happen to you which is kind of ridiculous and two days mm. later she's kind of celebrating breaking up with her friends um and she wakes up to the smell of smoke and her apartment's burning down um the whole building jesus and it turns out it was a little bit of a uh insurance scam so uh possibly because oh, wow. he, he got like more money off the insurance than he'd paid for the property or whatever so uh, yeah yeah oh. there's several other bits and pieces like he kind of generally harassed her but you know they had to have a connection because they had a daughter together so mm. she you know they share custody and there's several other things over the years where he's been an absolute scumbag to her through sexual assault to spying on her regularly and uh apparently she's um 
been let go from some of those daytime roles I mentioned earlier, the soap roles, just because she wasn't happy with any Saban involvement in the production. You know, rightfully so. Um, yeah. And, uh, so that's kind of how much power these people have in Hollywood, which is, you know, you just think of them as a small-time company that makes Power Rangers or kids' TV shows or whatever. Well, you know, they sold it off now. But I guess mm. they've got a much bigger network, which is kind of mm, scary. That That is quite scary, because obviously like, you think of, of those two and you just think, oh, Power Rangers, but yeah, I guess you don't realise how many pies they've got their fingers in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> what they're doing with these fingers and pies and such, but um, mm. don't know why I use that analogy. I'm sorry, that was weird. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> obviously they have some, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Saban himself is a billionaire, and I don't think that's all from underpaying actors and selling lots of toys. I think there's more to it than that. So, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, this uh, interview was done with Ranger Stop at the end of last year. There are more details about it, and she goes into uh, kind of other events and such. Um, mm. And I, you know, I th- there's a she's actually released a kind of edited down version with the kind of the important bits, so you can listen to, which is about twenty minutes long, but kind of you know important. Uh, whereas yeah. the whole podcast is like an hour and a half or I think two hours, something like that, so it's a long one. I can't believe I missed this. It was the end of last year. I, I had a sort of a blackout on kind of like a Western Toku fandom. to Not a blackout, but as much as like I don't always get the news. So it's yeah. kind of, I, I feel bad that this slipped by me as one of the pieces of news. So um, Yeah, no, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I totally didn't realise any of that at all. And I'm surprised it sort of doesn't really get mentioned a little bit more well when i was doing my research and found out about this it turned out it was mentioned a bit during that week but then sort of forgotten about because there's a new episode of beast morphers to talk about so um (laughs) or something like that you know yeah oh yeah kind of came to light because someone asked her if she'd come to power morphicon and she was like no (laughs) oh Uh, fair enough and and she told me yeah i completely understand why she wouldn't want to be involved at all really so absolutely yeah totally totally fair but anyway so uh there's that <laughs> uh yeah it's um no it's obviously bad stuff and uh, i hope mm. she's able to live safely now or better than she was um especially if this comes more to light but uh yeah anyway on to on to the show so no new directors or writers this time it was uh worth keeter again who did all those amazing 80s action b movies you talked about at that time <laughs> yes. doing all the, the 3d stuff and also written by amargo mccann who uh, we believe was a non-union name for someone who did lots of various Saban kid shows. Uh, the episode aired on the 20th of September 1994, which was a crazy week in um, uh, media because this is the week that ER and Friends started, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Friends was earlier than that, but uh, that's what I, I, I read. I could be wrong. <laughs> and uh, the Shawshank Redemption hit cinema as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot lot of uh, media stuff going on. Yeah. Spielberg was filming that as he was like doing editing jobs for Jurassic Park. So, I can't imagine the tonal whiplash he had to go through <laughs> for that. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, should we... Uh, are we ready to go? Should we start the show? Should we transform into troopers? Let's, let's do it. Let's cross the reality barrier. Border border barrier whatever it is <laughs> i don't know who knows anymore as always we open at the korean peace bell and uh ryan talks about how he wanted to give up karate but his dad was like fuck that son Keep going. Keep going with it. Or something along those lines. <laughs> with a little faith and hard work, anything is possible. Uh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's when we see that they're, all the troopers are skating in the park again. Apart, well, Caitlin wasn't there last time and they had their little race. Um, but she's there this time and there's loads of horrific ADR about, oh, Jeb's in the lead and Caitlin <laughs> takes the corner. And uh, they win. <laughs> they use uh, they use a wide angle lens, which obviously doesn't really look like it's made for that camera because there's no. a a nice sort of vignette around the edge of the screen for yeah. that bit. It looks like a, a, a early to mid twenties cartoon where, or like well or film from that time where it's like oh yes, <laughs> yeah. need to make sure that you're focusing on on the bit in the circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't worry about the edges. <laughs> Absolutely not. And they use that later in one of the fights as well. Um, I, guess, I didn't even notice this, actually. <laughs> yeah, I guess they had it for the day, so they were just, <laughs> just using it. They just it. rented out a lens. They're like, well, we better use it more than once. <laughs> and this is when uh, a cop approaches them. 
did you did you see her badge? Like it was like she has a police badge, no. on, but it's like several strips of metal, like in the shape <laughs> of a badge. <laughs> you didn't notice. It's kind of weird. Like it's kind of a, a coolish design. It's almost like futuristic cop thing, but like you know from the nineties. Um, yeah, there was a bit where Jeb complains about being thirsty. Oh yeah. Uh but nobody nobody does anything about it. No. Even though he can talk. So yeah. uh and then then he runs off to find a hose and I don't really understand what the purpose of that was. No, there is none. There's apps It didn't lead to anything. I thought it I thought that was like what would make the cop appear, but no, it was like completely unrelated. Jeb just wanted a drink. There's about and there was a hose. Three or four different times in the episode where that happens. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. And I have a feeling there was supposed to be a subplot where Jeb was kidnapped, um, and to save him, Ryan had to do this challenge, Grimlord's challenge, the name of the episode. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but was I guess abandoned or something? I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the other bits where it just seem random and weird, just to kind of, <laughs> I guess, fill yeah. out the time for some reason. So, um, yeah, they're they're approached by this cop, and she's all like, "We've got this gobshite child here." <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> And if anyone can teach her karate, it's you, because that'll stop her from going to. Was it reform school? Reform they called school, it? yes, which is literally just code for going to juvie. <laughs> so <laughs> she's going to jail, or you're teaching her karate is basically the uh, <laughs> the thing there, uh, which is kind of yikes. Uh, and yeah. to show that you know she's a bad person, she's a bit rude to the VR troopers, and. Uh, as we know, in the LAPD, that's enough to get you uh, locked up for life. So um, being a bit rude in the presence of a cop. It is. This is Randy. Uh, and there's supposed to be a thing where it's like, oh, you know, can you teach this person or whatever? And she takes off uh, Randy's cap. The cop takes off Randy's cap mm. and she's his hair. And it's like, oh, a girl. And it's like, yeah, OK, like that, that. you had to kind I of, did, I think. You know what? I didn't clock that at all. I think they had to telegraph a bit more. That's why you didn't clock it. Like <laughs> 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 like they do the cliche thing where she takes the cap off and all her hair falls down, and it's yeah. like, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, Randy is played by uh, Sarah Harter, and she doesn't really have much other acting work other than like another kids' TV show, and apparently starring mm. as herself in some other show, which sounds weird because she's not famous otherwise. So why would she start? Yeah, that herself? is quite strange. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So basically, the cop asked them to yeah to train Sarah in karate for some reason. And, so, uh, I thought the troopers were very reasonable in declining because yes. they made a very good point. They have a tournament coming up, and it's very important, and they've got to train for it. But no, the the cop was very insistent that this was what they spend their time doing. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, we'll make it a challenge. You, if you teach this girl in two weeks to do stuff for free. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you, I guess, a thousand dollars from the police association, which I don't know if yeah. that's really thing. And she says it's to help kids like her. And uh, you know, if you don't know, at the end of the episode, we find out she just gives the check to Tao Dojo, I guess, for Tao's Dojo to help teach kids. Mm. But at this point, it's like, what they're going to give it to some random charity? I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah, it, it wasn't clear what they were going to do with it at all. So I was just like, well. Why would you accept that? Because she could mean anything by that. Like, anyone could get that $1,000. It's not necessarily going to be you. Yeah. Um, but apparently they have to do it for this two weeks, because otherwise she's going to go to uh, reform school, cough, cough, juvie. Um, so I guess, you know, oh, in two weeks, this woman is going to give up on this child. Um, so she's basically she's basically guilted the vr troopers and been like this kid's gonna go to jail if you don't do this free labor for me yeah <laughs> so uh, as as we're currently in a small debate over the uh, funding of the lapd um mm. i think it's three billion dollars and they've just which is like you know 98 or something like that of the la county but federal budget or something should be like that um, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I don't think it's ninety eight percent, but it's like 90, at least ninety five, not higher. Like uh, people yeah, joke I mean, about, oh, that's that's high enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, I kind of looked it up. Uh, in ninety, kind of three, four, and five, there was a little bit of a downturn in LA for taxes and such. So not everything was being properly funded. However, uh, the LAPD in ninety three, ninety four uh, had a five hundred fifty five million dollar budget. And ninety four, ninety five had a six hundred twelve million dollar budget. Uh, by today, today's money, it's a, that's about a billion dollars. 
Um, so I guess they could afford the thousand dollars for. <laughs> yeah, they probably had a bit of loose change knocking about. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, while looking up the statistic, um, I found out that eighty-three percent of LAPD in ninety-four kind of lived outside of their jurisdictions, which I believe has been reduced down to eighty percent these days, um, or mm. across America at least. Um, and uh, some reason Netflix described, "Oh, this local police officer wants her to do this," and it's like, "Well, is she local or is she just works uh, in the cross city <laughs> area?" <laughs> yeah, like, she may not be local at all. <laughs> yeah. When Ryan hears a thousand dollars, he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh, I accept." And JB's like, "Dude, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> Dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> okay, I'll give you guys a challenge. Teach Randy. Enter her in your tournament. If she wins anything, the police association will donate a thousand dollars to help other kids just like her. We accept. Ryan, that's impossible. In two weeks, Look, man, nothing is impossible. Besides, there's a beginners division. Yeah, they do give out ribbons for third and fourth place. Um, I, I can't remember if there anything else happened after that. Oh, Caitlin asks if Randy wants to join, and there's like a really obvious ADR line of, I'm so thrilled, which isn't really a yes or a no, but apparently means yes in 1994, so... Um... I guess so. So, of course, while this is happening, Zictor's watching, because that's all he ever does, <laughs> is just spy on the VR troopers. But likewise, Professor Hart also spends all of his time spying on Grimlord. So they're just as bad as each other, I guess. They're just constantly spying on each other, <laughs> waiting for someone to slip up. It's, it's a cold war, but with actual fights going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tepid war. <laughs> and he uses this as an excuse to be empowered by those forces of darkness we all love. Forces of darkness, empower me. Take me back to my virtual reality. Grimlord wants to find his strongest monster again. Yeah, it wasn't last episode. It was like, oh, who's the strongest <laughs> warrior in the virtual world? Ah, it's the Swordbutt Brothers or whatever. And so I guess they're going to have a new strongest best warrior in a, in a, in a tournament arc. <laughs> he says that he wants them to fight in arm-to-arm combat. Yeah. Which... I that I don't know. It just sounded wrong to me. Hand to hand, yeah, but like yeah. arm to arm. I just imagine them just bashing their forearms together <laughs> rather than well, really I guess having a fight. Ryan still does have those glowing forearms, so perhaps that's why he thought that. Maybe, yeah, maybe he meant it literally. Yeah, but it's it's ironic that he said that given the uh, the monster that gets chosen in the end. But yep. yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so we cut to the dojo mm-hmm. and. Randy's had enough. She's she's leaving. Yeah. And Tao comes after her and introduces himself as Tao Dojo again. <laughs> Wh- but no, I like he's like that- I'm Tao, and then kind of gestures to the the room around them. <laughs> Tao Dojo, and it's like, uh, okay. So are you the physical manifestation of this building? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am the spirit of the dojo. It's like a haunted dojo. <laughs> Instead of telling people to get out, he urges them to stay. <laughs> <laughs> stay and learn karate. Yeah, uh, he sort of convinces her to do karate. And at this point, I'm I'm like, why is learning karate going to stop her from going to jail? Like, I didn't think of that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, I suppose it's good for her because she can learn some kind of discipline or something. Mm. But like, generally, there's not like, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Caitlin sort of explain- mentioned the discipline thing a bit later, and apparently it will improve her self-esteem. Okay. I'm shrugging over here. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of reminds me, I guess the kind of whole reform school and discipline stuff reminds me of like watching American TV shows in the 90s, and there's always the bad kid was being threatened with military school or whatever. Yeah. Which... I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's a real thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't either. Like, I always kind of I accept it as a real thing, but I don't know yeah. whether it actually is. Because it's not something that I mean, I never got uh, uh, threatened with military school as a kid, but I was uh, a horrifically nice child, so I wouldn't have done anything to upset <laughs> horrifically <my parents>. nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Following the rules, old Robert. You know, God, what a square! Terrible. What a square, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if kids get t- told that here or anymore. Who who knows? Um, I, d- I yeah, I don't know. I've got absolutely no idea. I might start using that as a threat though. 
Just if you don't behave yourself, you'll be going to military school. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Leon in the future. Yeah. <laughs> also, is it me or is she kind of implied that perhaps she doesn't have parents? Like either maybe she's homeless or in a kid's home or something. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like yeah, surely you maybe. involve the parents in this rather than just be. Showing up to random karate people and telling them to train this child um, whilst they're in the park as well. Yeah, that's the Adam. point. How did she? Why did she approach them at the park? How did she know that they'd be there? Oh, she did say that she asked Tao where they were, and he said, "Ah, uh, okay, all right." I don't I know how Tao knows that, that they're there, but um, because uh, maybe he also spies on people as well. <laughs> they're just se- they're, they're all doing it. It's from that secret room we'll find in season two. <laughs> Oh yes, um, yeah. I'm really. I I keep thinking about that. Whenever we see Tao, I just keep thinking about how his role is going to completely change in the next season. I'm so eager to watch it. <laughs> We've only got what we're at episode seven, so we have 45 episodes to go. <laughs> yeah, we got. There's there's a way. Yeah, we're off to the underground voice or the voice underground. I forget which way around it goes. Yeah. And Woody is building a castle out of biscuits. Uh, yeah, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> This, and is, this, is, this is going back to the surely he should have a be working. <laughs> yes, and Jeb is there. Yes, yeah, Jeb is there, and Caitlin shows up, and she's like, "Your photographer is here." And at first, I didn't know why she said that. I thought yeah. she was just, just like to announce to people <laughs> that she's the photographer. Um, <laughs> I've come to work today. <laughs> like, I, I sort of struggled to tie everything together in this episode like yeah. it felt like stuff was just sort of happening but anyway so he's yeah. he's built this this cookie castle and he explains to Caitlin that by doing it she can take a photo of it and it can be on the front of like cookie packaging or whatever and he'll yeah. be famous or something <laughs> for for building a t- a castle out of biscuits yeah it's it's a very strange idea. <laughs> Perhaps he's just come off deadline and is going a bit, uh, you know, having a bit of the, old, the, the deadline woes. <laughs> Maybe. But also, like, you know, he built it on his desk, so it's not even a very good place to take the photo as well. Good luck, good luck. Yeah, like, there's so much stuff in the background. Like, at least, like, have it in front of a backdrop or something, like, <laughs> anything. <laughs> it's finished! What do you think, Jeb? Your photographer is here. Ta-da! What is it? It's my cookie castle. You're going to take a picture of this and we'll send it to the cookie factory. Can't you just see it on the wrapper? This is going to make me famous. But it makes you wonder who owns Jeb if he's just in oh, the yeah. voice underground again. I've been thinking this like since episode one. Like it just, <laughs> just when I think I've got it down, it just becomes unclear again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb is everywhere you need him to be. <laughs> but yeah, so then then Jeb eats all the cookies while Caitlin is explaining that she wants to do this front page thing on Randy and I lost focus because all I could think about was how uh, Woody had his arm around Caitlin. Yes, I also thought that, especially after doing looking that interview. That's what yeah, yeah, exactly. Cuz he's like, you know, there's putting your arm around someone and then there's what he did is like cupping her her shoulder, and it's like, uh, okay, that seems to be a bit too familiar. I mean, I guess also they need to kind of work within the constraints of the 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 camera size or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it seemed a bit too familiar, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it it lingered on for a little bit longer than I'd like it to as well. Anyway, so yes, we we have the scene in uh with the the tournament beginning, and then that's yeah. over before you can even blink. That's over. And, we're, and we have a training montage. And we get another song. Do um, we have lyrics for this song? We do. We have lyrics for the song. I made a point of <laughs> jotting them down again. Not quite as weird as the song from the last episode, but <laughs> <laughs> but still a, a little bit odd. So it's... Yes. She walks in roses. She walks in roses. Had a little curiosity. She took me high on electricity. She walks in roses.
What? <laughs> There's no relation to anything there. It's just, oh, I had this melody and song for a demo tape in the 80s. Uh, I'll just dump it into VR Troopers, sure, whatever. That's what a lot of these songs feel like, except for the last song where it was kind of about virtual reality, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember there being another one where it was just random words. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't really pay attention because they have a weird training montage which only lasts about 30 seconds and for some reason she's doing a bench press. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, it really made me laugh that, that as they like panned out, it was uh, Ryan and JB like holding the ends like they were just <laughs> lifting it, really. She wasn't really, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't doing anything. <laughs> good joke, and I guess good for like a, a training montage thing because it's a, bit, it's a bit rocky, I suppose. But Yeah. Uh, and then I guess they show a couple of kicks and she does a kick and falls and that's it. That's the end of the <laughs> montage. And apparently the montage has made them feel a bit depressed, so they go to the park and sit on some swings. That. And they sit on them in the most awkward way possible. I didn't actually notice. How did they sit on them? They weren't. They weren't sitting. They were like standing with their bodies bent slightly forward, and the swings under them, like they were pushing oh. them back, like getting ready to swing. But oh. they weren't. It was. It just looked really unnatural, and I just couldn't remove my focus <laughs> from it. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was really weird. They they stop sitting awkwardly because they're approached by a scug lady who informs them that yep. Grimlord has a challenge Ryan must accept. But Ryan then speaks in the third person. <laughs> yeah. But what if Ryan still doesn't accept? And it's like, mate, you can just... I mean, like, that's not your secret identity, mate. You can just say, well, what if I don't accept? <laughs> I'm Ryan Steele with my secret identity of Ryan Steele. <laughs> And she gets mad at this and turns into three scugs. <laughs> yeah, that was. Is that something they've done before? I don't recall ever nope. seeing that. So that, that that's, that's a new, a new thing for scugs. Also, I thought it was very funny. Like, because she's quite a, a slim, slight lady, and when she transforms into a scug, clearly the dude under the bodysuit is like <laughs> ripped with a six pack. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of eight feet tall. It was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and they kind of have a fight, and this is where they break out that wide-angle lens again because they put it. A, they're in that like. Very American kind of playground bar dome thing, which oh. I've never really seen in real life. But it looks a bit, a bit like uh, kind of the, the golf ball in Epcot in Disney World. Yes. And, uh, they, uh, everyone's kind of like swinging around on the uh, the bars to kick the scugs. And then they have the the, the overhead view with the wide angle lens with the, and you have the kind of circle again, mm. <laughs> kind of framing them. Um, and then they win. And it's at this point when Ryan is like, oh no, where's Jeb? I'm like, oh shit! Like both times I watched the episode, I watched the, I watched these episodes twice, and both times I was like, oh shit, did they kidnap Jeb? <laughs> and both times I'm disappointed because it turns out he's just hiding in an overturned garbage can, and um, for no particular reason other than I guess a small joke. <laughs> I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, ju- yeah, literally. There's like no no reason for it whatsoever. He's just in a bin. Obviously, they've won, and they're like, oh, we should. We should go to the professor, who I forgot existed because we're halfway through the episode and not once have they mentioned him. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh yes, the professor is a character. And then we go to Grimlord's base again, as we always do. Yes. And there is a fight between the mutant of Blade and the robot Hammerbot. <laughs> so I guess they are delineating the different armies <laughs> like they do in Metalda or whatever. Uh, I did wonder about this scene. One was... What is the context of those two monsters fighting? What in the original? Yeah, I thought mm, I wondered if question. maybe there was a similar plot in Matalda. Well, I think so because that kind of the the blade suit seemed very generic compared to the detail on the hammerbot suit. Yeah. So in my mind, it was like, oh yeah, we'll just you know we'll throw together a cheap suit for the the other person. <laughs> uh, the Metal Heroes wiki is quite good at documenting which episodes are used. Oh yes. Parts. Uh, apparently, this is episode three. So uh, not very far into Metalda with this, with this footage yet, hmm. but uh, yeah, that's where Hammerbot comes from. But yeah, anyway, Hammerbot beats Blade because he has the better suit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I noticed in the background that um, Blade's head appeared to be on the floor, separate from the body. So did did Hammerbot just yeah. kill Blade? 
Yeah, I think when he hit it, there was kind of a white flash, which I assume was to try and hide some of the more violent aspects of the original footage. <laughs> yes. Where he just fucking knocked Blade's head off. Um, <laughs> so we're back in the dojo, and Randy's Randy's doing all right at karate. Tao's very encouraging. He says that she has to give her soul to karate. Again, is this another part of his magic stuff in the season two? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? It's probably not. <laughs> um, and then that was sort of it for that scene. It was another just sort yeah. of here it is, and now it's gone. It's like they're, they're like they they what they seem to be doing is trying to sandwich little vignettes between scene like important scenes, yeah, as if they have a B story when they don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the lab, and uh, Professor Hart reveals that he's been tapping phones again. And... <laughs> Apparently, somebody called Spiderbot is also going to be part of the fight. Who, it turns out, looks nothing like a spider and doesn't really do anything spidery at all, for that matter. No, I don't know why I, I, they chose that as a name, but never mind. And I guess because they hear their plans, like, oh yes, we'll have we'll have Hammerbot fight Rome still up front, and then Spiderbot will flank him from behind. It's like, well, we, we this is our first time hearing about Spiderbot. We, 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 yeah. I thought we just wanted one person, but I guess, you know, it's all just to try and fit to the footage and what have you and get JB to do a bit of a fight. The Professor warns Ryan that if he doesn't win, Grimlord will literally set the world on fire. I've lost the signal. An extremely perilous situation. And if we don't defeat him... Grimlord will literally set our planet on fire. Yeah, apparently, that, I think she, the uh, secretary, said something like that as well. And I was like, how? And we still don't know how, but apparently <laughs> Professor does. Perhaps he's heard some other plans he's been making or something like that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he's constantly tapping his phone, so there's probably other stuff that he's said. He's just got some yeah. lighter fluid and a box of matches, and he's just going to try his luck. See, <laughs> see what he can set on fire. Also, did you notice that Colonel Icebot says something like, um, oh, if we destroy him in the virtual reality, he'll never come back. Oh, yeah. Which, And it's like, so... But I think, I'm pretty sure if you kill him in the real life, he won't come back either. I mean, I'm just... That's not just uh, something that's dedicated to virtual reality. Like, if you kill him, that's it. He's just dead. Because again, like, we, we've, we've, we know that he's not just like, they're go like, VR isn't just like some computer space that they're sort of controlling a character in or whatever it's like an actual parallel dimension reality thing that they're physically going to so why would we think otherwise i don't know yeah that's a good point do you think that perhaps the writers just keep forgetting (laughs) how this show works maybe (laughs) i think that's very likely because (laughs) i feel like they barely mentioned like the different realities in this episode like they just sort of brushed over it a little bit i mean honestly they've just been giving it up i think so that first episode or the first two part of was just a bit too complicated and since then it's just been about breaking through the reality barrier and that's about it so so ryan who is famous for his dislike of splitting up the team suggests that they <laughs> split up the team i think we're gonna get like a lot of <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of airtime with that kind of him being concerned about splitting up the team in like episode three or <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's what he's known for now but anyway so yeah they're gonna split up and they do a do an old trooper transform and they uh have a bit of american footage Ooh. oh this there's some really dicey suit acting with that bit like they're talking and they're just like moving their heads a little bit too much so it just looks like they're nodding <laughs> like someone saying something they're just agreeing with it like every scene in this episode that only lasted a second and then it was gone so yeah. we didn't have to worry about it anymore ryan goes off to fight hammerbot um and they have a bit of a scuffle and the spider bot turns up and he's like oh i hate kids with attitude and jb's like hey then try out my vr saber command no <laughs> did you notice um, that during the hammerbot fight there's this sort of like split second where it cuts the professor on a screen and next to it there's the footage of the fight happening but yeah. the professor didn't say anything, so I don't know why they did that. I think they do it again <laughs> yeah. as well at one point. I think you're right. No, no, no. I think you're right. Um, maybe just to hide a cut between something that they couldn't have from a Tauder or something. But um, Oh, yeah, um, maybe. I'm kind of... I kind of like the use... It's, it's kind of cheesy, but I do like the sort of use as Caitlin's kind of back up in the air as the sort of uh, kind of framing device for switching between 
the fights or whatever. <laughs> I don't think framerate yeah. is the correct term, but like it's the link between them. But uh, and then she's, oh, I'm going to help you. Oh no, I can't because the footage won't allow me to. When has to shoot some airplanes. <laughs> She always seems to know what's going to happen in the fights before it happens. Like she was like, "Oh, Spiderbot's gonna use his laser cannons or whatever," and I just thought, yep. "How do you know that?" Like his tiny little head just opened up a little bit. How can you see that <laughs> from all the way up there? <laughs> JB apparently uses that to shoot off the Spiderbot's hands, um, and he now has Robo stumps. <laughs> so Spiderbot then shoots a horseshoe at him. <laughs> Like it's kind of Gotenks's like donut <laughs> yeah. attack from Dragon Ball Z, and he gets trapped in it. And then Ryan is like, "Oh, hang in there, buddy." <laughs> that... Very helpful, Ryan. Thank you. JB goes to focus, and he breaks out of the horseshoe. Now, before I, 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 I laughed because it's been the first time we've had some a scene like this since I started watching Spielban. Hmm. Uh, and basically. This is sort of, he gets angry during a fight, which I guess, you know, the Matalda, he gets angry and turns into Matalda. Yeah. But uh, Spielbang gets angry in a fight and he does his, um, you know, the laser lance, the, what's called the arc impulse or twin blade. Oh, and, yeah. Um, uh, Spielbang. Uh, but ba- before he does, he always has the bit where, like, they kind of have the stock footage of uh, zooming on his helmet and seeing the eyes light up. Mm. And they kind of have some, like, kind of very 80s kind of drum thing going on as it sort of pans around and he remembers the bad shit that's happened to him in his life um, <laughs> uh, and uh, then he's like oh, my anger's about to explode and that's I guess he did that and found the strength to release himself from the horseshoe but we used to see more of that footage in uh, VR Troopers because they would literally just show the helmet and then spin around a bit and then they'd cut to some footage of Spielban and Diana being kidnapped by uh, the Skug things from whatever they called in Spielbound. Yeah. Uh, but from like episode, I don't know, four or five or something like that, they had like kind of a thought bubble window kind of showing him either what he's angry about today or what he's been angry about in the past. Mm. Uh, and I guess they can't really show that in uh, VR <laughs> Troopers. So uh, I wish they did. It's a very quick thing. It'd be great. Just confusing. Like, who who is this woman? You know, uh, <laughs> either he's, he's upset about uh, his sister Helen or his mother being attacked by skugs or something like that. So, or his dad, sorry. But yeah, so he breaks through and then he laser lance commands and he spears the spider bot and then he has the worst quip of all time of heartburn, I got something for that and oh, he slices him up. That was and so bad. It doesn't make sense. No, oh, it was <laughs> awful. But he he just like went to town on spider bot. He just like... Yep. Beat the shit out of him with that laser lance. Caitlin, she's she's in the sky and she blows up the jets. And Professor Hart tells Ryan that it's all up to him now. And before he even had a chance to really finish his sentence, Caitlin chips in and says basically exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's like I guess they just had they needed to do something. Oh yeah, it's all up to you now, Ryan. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> it was just very awkward. So Ryan's like, cool, I better finish this. So he jumps up really high into the air and kicks Hammerbot. And I guess we he kind of scanned Hammerbot earlier and it was like armor around a, a dude shape. But I guess it's a robot underneath the armor. I, yeah, I wanted to bring that up and I totally forgot to because it just it just highlighted that it's just a man in a suit. <laughs> or after he kicks off the helmet, a robot man in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, we get Ryan about to kill him using his own weapon. Uh, he picks up the hammer. Uh, and he's about to smash him, and he's like, no, I remembered earlier when I said that Tao's dojo was about playing fair, so I'm not going to kill you, robot person. Yeah, like, it was, a, it was a bit haphazard, the way they did that, but I like that they've made a point of, like, because they could have easily just, like, cut the scene and be like, oh, well, you know, he's... Uh, He's dead now. That monster's finished. But no, they they kept it in and sort of. I don't know. I like that he has morals and he won't just kill the monsters. Yeah, that's quite refreshing. I mean, obviously, it's just because of Metalda that is the reason yeah. that they do it. <laughs> but I like that it was something that they uh, that they kept in. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good idea. Where well, reminds you a bit of in uh, Power Rangers SPD. I guess they didn't want the the, the cop Power Rangers to destroy the monsters, oh, so instead yeah. they would turn them into like collectible jail cards or something like that you know what um, i never even considered that they didn't kill them because they're cops i just thought oh that's a weird thing for them to be doing but fine i guess no nah, yeah. that makes sense now yeah because mm. that wouldn't be 
a very good thing to show, would it? A cop killing someone. God, <laughs> imagine if that happened in real life. People would be outraged. Right, yeah. You know, they'll be marching in the streets, um, protesting peacefully until uh, maybe these killer cops try and uh, uh, incite them to violence. You know, um, yeah. Imagine, imagine such a thing. <laughs> Yeah, guess when we're recording this episode. Um, <laughs> I know you'll never guess. <laughs> because Ryan is like, Ryan to Skybase, the hammer has fallen. And it's like, oh god. <laughs> the eagle has landed. <laughs> so, so cheesy. We get kind of a cool shot of Grimlord's lair and he kind of we, we see him appearing. So we don't see kind of his transformation, just kind of what it looks like being in the lair when he shows up. Mm. Which I thought was kind of cool. Why had he left, though? We don't know. No, um, we'll never know. But he's mad about it, and Jeb gives him a raspberry because they're still spying on him. <laughs> and it just reminds me that every time they have Jeb do something like that, they have a really awkward pause of, like, two or three frames <laughs> yes. of his tongue. Like, they didn't even do the... Uh, uh, in uh, Star Wars A New Hope, like, when the Tusken Raiders mm. are, like, going, ur, 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 above Luke with his... Um, uh, gaffy stick, I think they're called. Yeah. Um, that's like one one bit of footage of, of the of the Tuscan Raider pointing up once, mm. and then just like loops back three or four times to kind of make it look a bit more longer. They could have just done that with his tongue. Who knows? You know. Yeah, they could have <laughs> instead just of just it for two pausing frames. it. So after this, we uh, go to the tournament, the fourth tournament in seven episodes, and we get an adult facing a child who is very new to uh, martial arts, which I thought was yep. An interesting choice. And, and Ryan yells like random words of encouragement at them, like, oh, go for it now. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, it's probably too late now. So it turns out uh, Randy's fighting for third place in this match, I think. That's kind of what they implied. Yes, yeah, I believe that was what um, they said. They're kind of cheering her on, and uh, but Randy starts losing until Tao's like, believe in the me that believes in you. And um, she does and kicks the guy's butt. Uh, they got like, two points each, so it's down to like match point or whatever, like in tennis, I suppose. Mm. And then she does this kind of cool, kind of crouching kick, which looks like a crouching medium in Street Fighter, and wins! Yay! When um, that bit happened, I honestly thought that she just kicked him in the box. <laughs> well, the first time she hit him, it looked like she did. So. <laughs> for, for first point, everyone, everyone's happy. Like the the troopers did as they were asked to do for whatever reason. And uh, the cop shows up and produces a check from her shirt pocket. And it looked like it had been written on with crayon. <laughs> yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I guess with that, that 90s TV resolution, it has to look big. Otherwise, you can't actually read what it says. <laughs> yeah. Have to confirm it's actually $1,000 to tell Dojo. <laughs> so now the girl can beat up people. The LAPD are happy with her. So, um, yeah. H- hooray. <laughs> For some reason, this leads Ryan to think that he'll find his dad soon. Yeah, I don't really know why he said that but he i guess you have to end every episode with ryan being like oh i'll find you soon dad i miss you i love you maybe yeah maybe the more kids i teach martial arts the closer it will bring me to finding you or something i guess so the, the more people he meets that means i guess there's less people in the world that define who are his dad so, i suppose I don't there's know. Only, only so many people in crossworld city i guess so some, someone's <laughs> got to know something turns out his dad was like just living two two do- uh, doors down and he just didn't <laughs> there's a different schedule so he never saw him yeah but then he's he's already spoken to him in like episode one and i'm sure the professor knows more than he's leading on because he taps everyone's phones so yeah <laughs> i know there's a twist to do with it later but i don't know i can't remember what it is but and he oh, probably knows about it so yes yeah. yeah there is um funnily enough i was actually reading through the uh the season two um, press pack again earlier, and mm. it did come up, but we'll leave that as a surprise for those of <gasps> you who haven't watched through all of VR Troopers or spoilt yourselves by reading through things that are set into the future of the series. <laughs> you know, spoilers for a 26 year old kid's TV show. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, it was funny. Uh, I was. Um... Oh, sorry, that's the end of the episode, so let's talk about other stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, it was funny. I. I was talking to some of the old, my old school friends and they were like, I've always been the ridiculously kind of dorky, nerdy one, perhaps. Mm. And at the time I was speaking to them, I was literally watching an episode of Spielban. Uh, and they were talking about, oh, I'm the king of the dorks because I did this. And I was like, guys, like, I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm literally watching a Japanese kids superhero TV show from 1986 in the original Japanese. And one of them joked like, oh, I'll wait to see the dub then. I said, you probably did. It was <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, excellent. That's how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the next episode is Computer Captive, uh, and the preview on Netflix is just all the troopers in like swimming outfits. So oh, so it's okay. It's uh, it's the bathhouse episode then. Yeah, the, <laughs> the bathhouse or beach episode. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to turn up at the beach, even though they live in LA or whatever. Uh, and they're like, oh, the ocean, as they kind of go past on the train or something. And then they'll, they'll uh, smash the... a watermelon with a baseball bat whilst they're blindfolded. <laughs> and it turns out that because this is the beach episode, Grimlord is there and they have like a sort of a friendly rivalry volleyball match or something. And uh... Grimlord's there in his Speedos. <laughs> with pet sunglasses over his eyes and... Uh... Find me the greatest volleyball player in the virtual dimension. Um. <laughs> Volleybot. <laughs> of course, it would be called Volleybot. Yeah. Um, so uh, this episode, eh, not that great. I just yeah, weirdly edited. Loads of weird, like again, like uh, that's what uh, I feel like. Jeb was supposed to be more in this episode. Like he was supposed to be kidnapped to try and convince Ryan to fight or whatever. And it seems mm. like. There was other stuff they were building up, like randomly wooding this cookie thing and Randy being in the newspaper. Um, they were just like, yeah, I don't, they were trying to push in the B plot when there really wasn't one because both plots were related or linked or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really wasn't feeling this episode, um, which <laughs> I guess is good because I've been like, yeah, they're okay for the past few episodes, but this one was a bit... Ugh. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully they get better. Who knows? Um, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do feel like the um, actors are sort of getting a bit more used to their roles now, especially like um, uh, Michael and uh, Sarah. Yes, I feel that. Uh, yeah, I, I think like because of the how Ryan character is, like Brad has just got to be the kind of very cheesy, mm. <laughs> square square jawed um, American Boy Scout or whatever. So uh, not much room for nuance. No. Um, I think I think Caitlin might be my favourite trooper. Yes, no, she's great. Um, there's no, uh, there's a reason, I guess, why she had a, she has a, a very active acting career. <laughs> yes, still to this definitely. Day. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that I guess that that's it for uh, episode seven of VR Troopers. I, um, I guess so. But yeah, so uh, where can people find you online, Mark? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm Bozo Robo, which is B O Z O R O B O. And how about you, Rob? Where can you be found? Uh, again, same on Instagram and Twitter, Rob Thez, R-O-B-T-H-E-Z. And you can read my work in the Magpie magazine, the official Raspberry Pi magazine, all about tech and computers and learning about computers. A bit better than you would learn from VR Troopers, <laughs> I think. But uh, You can also yes. find uh, the podcast at my oh, yes. VR podcast on Twitter as well. Yeah, we'll post updates of when we're posting sneak peeks into the stuff we're finding funny <laughs> while we're watching through. <laughs> Um, and yeah but anyway so uh, we'll see you next time but remember we all are VR (laughs) every single one of us